1: Outspoken with White and Jordan. 100% engagement.
2: It's a total disrespect.
1: Download, stand well back, listen. Jim White and Simon Jordan. I don't see that view. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport
2: happy friday everybody and thanks for downloading outspoken the podcast that brings you the very best of our daily talkSPORT show arsenal invincible martin keogh and join myself as manchester united push on in europe is the quadruple really on plus former newcastle midfielder lee boyer was in the studio to look ahead to the game of the weekend when the toon traveled down to wembley for the carabao cup final Martin, yesterday uh, we received some, uh, well, John Motson received some amazing tributes from the likes of Bob Wilson, a man you know well, from uh, Mark Lawrenson, from Clive Tilsley. It was so sad yesterday, we went on air and then we learned of the passing of John Motson, he was 77, and this was a man that you knew well and worked with probably many times.
3: Well, I I didn't have the honour of actually being behind the mic with him, but I definitely worked with him on many occasions um, in fact, we came across each other from a very young age. I was doing evening training at Arsenal and Bob Wilson used to bring a collection of commentators into the, to the ground of an evening and they'd run, I mean, they could have gone for a run anywhere, but they ran round the pitch at Highbury and then you were, this is the guy off the telly, that's that really familiar voice, almost the voice of football, wasn't it? Yeah. John Motson. Yeah. But you know, on the, on the inside, he loved being around the clubs. Um, he was a great lover of football. And um, we'll be very sadly missed him. He was very professional, incredibly professional. When I first started working for Football Focus, on a Monday they do a debrief and he was there, you know, organising, talking about the programme, discussing topics. So he really went into things in massive detail, was a man of great detail and he brought a level of professionalism, which I think was the first of its kind. He did many, I think was it 25 FA Cup finals, two and a half thousand matches, Um, really quite remarkable, but I never quite... He was just coming out of that uh, as I stepped into the role of co-commentator.
2: Amazing. As I said, Martin, so many tributes, and thank you for that, Martin, because everyone has been so touched, so touched by the passing of John. And he was one of the few who worked out the correct pronunciation of your name earlier. Well,
3: it was a a collaboration, really, because he came and spoke to me and said, look, we're struggling with your name, to say your name. And my name is actually Keohan It's not Keown, it's Keown, and he said that's a bit difficult. So um, we kind of worked it through, and I said, "Well, people just call me Keown, you know." Because what do you think? He said, "Well, look, I'd like to call you a proper name, but it would be a lot more helpful for us." So we kind of worked that through. So you can, you know, I've been called that name because of John Motson.
1: Really, actually,
3: my name. He was the first fella to christen you Keown. Well. It was other people had called me, but he kind of said, "No, we, it, it does not. It's going to be too tricky these days, Jim." Of course, we'd make that allowance, wouldn't we? We'd make sure we could find it. How many times are we changing the pronunciation? Yes, pronunciation for for various players' names. That's so right. But then it was probably a first
2: and I just was struck by his professionalism then. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, very sad news uh, yesterday. Uh, The passing of John Motson, age 77. Um, He knows how to pronounce your name or he knew how to pronounce your name correctly. Uh, He would have no problem with Eric Ten Hag either. And last night, Manchester United turned it around, Martin. Uh, I took in the second half of this. I couldn't take myself away from it. Unbelievable performance it really was and what a result. So they put out Barca. Barcelona after Barcelona uh, looked to be in the, the driving seats in this one. Is the quadruple really on Ten Hag post-match was his usual calm self? It's a magnificent night. Uh, so I think it's it's brilliant win uh, when you can beat Barcelona, uh, eight points ahead in La Liga, ahead of Real Madrid, and we have seen in this week Real Madrid playing. I think then you did a magnificent performance. So we're really happy. And we have to take take it with us in the season. Take it with us in building extra belief that we can win big games. Eric Ten Hag as Manchester United advance to the draw for the next round, the last 16. That's at 11 o'clock this morning. We'll, we'll tell you who United have got in the fullness of time. Certainly uh, in that hour between 11 and 12. So Martin, where are you with this? Manchester United, they've got a chance to finish the season with multiple trophies and top four football. They're only five behind Arsenal. They could win the damn thing. Where would it rank amongst this year's great transformation stories? They they are coming up in the rails. Without doubt. Uh, it's interesting, isn't it,
3: how quickly you can regenerate a club, isn't it, re- kind of reboot it? And, uh, you know, Old Trafford, the feeling of that aura is, re- is returning, the belief, the confidence in the team... Is, all, is there for all to see uh, Jim I think Manchester United is, uh, uh, next one is Liverpool and whew, you know you saw Liverpool you know taking a real beating in midweek and you just see the contrast at the moment the 2-1 now it's looking like they're going to slip down and for many years it's been about those two clubs isn't it you know in terms of okay City now have come in and really dominated um, but Liverpool have been brilliant for a number of years, and it's sort of escaping them at the moment. So United could just come in and take over, couldn't they? For yeah, in that slot. But Arsenal um, responded brilliantly last week, Jim, to come back against Aston Villa. Uh, and and there's a they seem fragile, Man City, at the moment. They don't seem to be able to, you know, get the the results they need. Certainly away from home, it's not been a good a, a good look for them. Although mm. having said that, they're again going strong, aren't they, in the Champions League in the FA Cup. Um, one one assumes if they get it right, City, they'll put a run together and win the, win you, the Premier League. You would League.
2: think so. You would think so. But Martin, I think it's on for United should they manage to keep this going. If they keep it going, they won't be far off it. Well, they I, could I, win all four. Yeah, but Jim, uh, there's a long, long way to go
3: it's a long way to go it's interesting how the media now is prepared to say that United can win it as soon as they've put together a few runs when Arsenal sat at the top of the table for a long long time and no one was really saying it maybe it's just this sort of feeling that it's United and we've had it for for generations where they were just so dominant
2: yeah but you've been telling me that don't look at Arsenal as being favourites to win the Premier League because I prefer that role I prefer to be the team that sits on the shoulder. Well, that's why the media haven't been. People like you say we're not going to big up Arsenal. Well, no, you I deliberately
3: don't, think, don't. I don't think you find that. I think the the Man United former players have been full out saying. You know, we've heard Gary Neville say they can, um, they can come above. They can finish above Arsenal. Now it'd be interesting to hear what these people are saying now. Do, Do you think, think they will? Uh, no, I don't actually. No. I think, Do you think Arsenal will win the Premier League, Mark? N- I'm not prepared. I think they're definitely in the running for it. Jim.
2: Well, we know they're in the running yeah. for it. Do you got think an, they'll win it?
3: I think they're capable of winning it. And, I, and they showed me last weekend to be twice behind against Aston Villa, just mo- you know, moments into the game you go behind after a really, really tricky week for them, to bounce back in the manner that they did, to score the goals they did, to see jo- uh, Jorginho, Zinchenko, the real winners in the team, dragging the team over that winning line, Jim. There's a sweetness about that victory for Arsenal and I think that would have been a wonderful journey back home from Villa Park last weekend, having, uh, particularly when they see... Uh, Nottingham Forest scoring the 85th minute so yeah. lots of swings and turns in this in, in this season but you know people want to jump up and say it's going to be Manchester United let them do that but let Arsenal do their talking on the pitch but what we have got now
2: are really really I mean all credit to Manchester United and Ten Hag how he's turned that around it's oh, been for remarkable sure. for sure in terms of momentum though Martin going into this final on Sunday the Carabao Cup final Manchester United Newcastle United Manchester United have got momentum haven't they at just the right time they have, but let's not underestimate Newcastle. And, you know,
3: going down to, I mean, they're still creating chances with 10 men last weekend against Liverpool. I mean, and we saw the way that Liverpool got battered by Real Madrid. Who's to know that if they didn't keep everybody on the pitch, could
2: they have got a result there? You find so, it hard to talk about Manchester United and winning trophies in the same sentence, don't you? Probably. Probably. Uh, I mean, they were obviously the team, weren't they? The nemesis. They were the, the
3: our main competitors. In all respect to them, but Jim, it's, the, the, it's, a, it's a different era now. Yes, yeah. And it's about there's a real opportunity, I think, for someone to take a hold while City. Sure. Uh, I, I, they're not quite the team they were. Yeah. He keeps telling us Pep, we've got to keep the ball because we can't run with the energy of all these other teams. Well, he's given us a clue that maybe they haven't quite got it to win it this year.
2: Martin, a lot of people getting in touch. They loved as I did. I was watching you jumping about that studio at Aston Villa last weekend. Well, I want to apologize
3: uh, uh, to the Villa faithful for that because I for, on this particular day <laughs> I wanted the Arsenal boys to win that little bit more because of what it what it means and represents. The Villa the Villa can Do You need a- to
2: apologize for it?
3: Well, of course I played 135 games for Villa so people might you know wonder what was going on but my allegiance is for Villa, for Arsenal right now.
1: 100% engagement outspoken with White and Jordan.
2: The UK government yesterday published its white paper outlining the creation of an independent regulator for the English game. We knew this was coming and now it's arrived with us. What will it do? I'll race through it. It's going to have the power to intervene if the Premier League fails to reach a deal with the EFL over financial distribution. Long debate going on on that one it will issue annual licenses for clubs in the top five divisions based on business plans proving their financial health it will have the powers to block clubs joining breakaway leagues you can forget the super league it will have tougher checks on owners and directors looking to buy clubs such as thank goodness source of funding will have no uh, individuals coming in saying one thing then doing another it will give fans a greater say in the running of their club around heritage decisions but fans have been involved from the start and i would presume that that pleases this fellow, football supporters association chief executive kevin miles kevin good morning you give this whole thing the thumbs up right yeah pretty much uh
4: emphatically jim uh i've adopted right from the start and i was involved in the panel that heard all the evidence shared by tracy crouch before they you know the in the panel review i've adopted Four broad brush tests for this process. Would it stop another European bro- League breakaway? And there's a big tick against that one. Will it give fans a voice at every level of the game, particularly in the in the own regular really own clubs? Big tick for that one. Will it help prevent another berry clubs going out of business due to dodgy owners effectively? And there's a big tick on that one as well. And will it guarantee that there is a spread of the wealth of football so that it benefits? the whole of the pyramid. And there's a big tick for that one as well. So on those four uh, your primary tests that I've adopted and with the introduction of the regulator to make sure it all happens, then yes, it's a big, big plus for me. I mean, it, it all seems very
2: obvious to me that these things need to be introduced, Kevin, um, with, with, without playing it
4: down or uh, undermining it. Does it go far enough? I think the, the key thing for me is it does seem obvious, Jim. You're, you're absolutely right. But it seemed obvious for years. Yeah. And I mean, I've been involved in fan representation for over a quarter of a century now. And I go back as far as the, the football task force, if you remember, back into the late 90s, chaired by David Miller at the time. And that was my first experience of people inquiring into the governance of football. And there's been several more in you know carried out by Parliament and others in the meantime. And on every occasion, they have said to football. This is your last chance to get your house in order yourselves. Sort this out. And at every stage, football has said, yeah, don't worry, we've got this, we'll sort it out. And as soon as the scrutiny and the pressure goes away, they revert back to their old ways. So I've, I'm very pleased that at this point, government has stepped in and said, you know what, you've had your chance. You have proved that you haven't been able to look after the interests of the game, and therefore we're going to go for independent regulation. This is not politicians interfering in football. This is politicians creating an independent regulator who will scrutinise against clearly set out criteria whether clubs are being well-governed, whether football is being well-regulated. You,
2: you see, Kevin, that flies in the face of what my old chum, uh, Mr Simon Jordan, would be saying if he was sitting here today. He's back in Monday. I mean, he takes a different view. Listen to this, Kev. The idea that a regulator benefits
3: industries is stupid. They do not... Come on now, let's look at what regulation really is. It's a political appointment made by politicians that realise that there's a groundswell of people that believe that regulation is the only way to solve the problems in football, which in part, the people that suggest the problems need to be solved with the fans, are the very same people screaming for their football clubs to spend more and more and more and more and more, and more money. Don't you see the irony in this? We've got an FA governing body, which, what's the point of those guys now? They are the de facto regulator. Why are they in place? Because we've now bringing in a regulator from outside the sport to be able to regulate the very function that the FA should be doing in the first place. I don't think it will advance football. I don't think it it, it does the things that people suggest it will do, which excludes the idea that no one will invest in
2: football. But I don't think it enhanced that idea either. I don't like regulation. I don't believe in regulation. So that was Simon's view, Kevin. David Sullivan at West Ham says the government are doing this for PR. They think it will be a PR win to be seen to back the ordinary football fan and smaller clubs, but it won't get them a single extra vote. I believe in free enterprise, not government interference. Kevin, do you not think when you look at it, really, mate, to be honest, this is not the government, the Tories trying to win votes?
4: Well, to be honest, I don't care. I mean, the idea that it's just a PR win is another way of saying This is popular. This is what people want to see. Now, that can't be a bad thing. So, surely, if a lot of football fans want to see this happen, since when did that become a negative in football? It's ridiculous. What you're hearing there is the squeals of the self interested who think that their own control and decision making powers in football are perhaps being undermined and being replaced by objectivity and common sense. The Premier League clubs effectively have dominated decision making in football. The Premier League has dominated control and influence over the FA over the last couple of decades. The 14 clubs are required to pass a rule in the Premier League. And those 14 clubs are now squealing because other people may have an idea about what's in the interest of the game, rather than what's in the interest of the owners of those 14 clubs. There are clubs among the Premier League uh, that we've talked to who actually welcome the idea of independent regulation, because what independent regulator will do, it will have set out in Parliament, in statute, which cannot easily be changed, what its parameters are, what it's seeking to achieve, what its objectives are, and how it proposes to go about that. It will be the first regulator in history which is actually required to consider what could be the unintended consequences of anything it decides. There will be guarantees in there against mission creep about it going too further. Now, for a a business that's operating in that area, that provides a market certainty about what the rules are going to be for how you develop your business, which which has to be a more solid basis for investment and development of a business. What you have at the moment is the rules and regulation of football are decided by the votes of your competitors and your rivals. And they will be prepared to change the rules to suit them, at any stage now that's not good that's not a sound okay okay kevin i've always been meaning to ask you
2: what's your team newcastle you're at wembley on sunday right of course you are i certainly will be okay you live up in the northeast i do so what do you take in this uh what's your take train companies uh we now know the lner have announced that services between newcastle and london's king cross Uh, will be very busy as a result of that and this has been well covered uh, kev trains from london's kings cross post-match after seven o'clock on sunday night will be dry trains meaning no alcohol permitted on these services what are they doing here kevin are the train companies victimizing football fans for running dry trains or are they merely protecting everyone else
4: well, I, I think to be honest with you, the trains going back to Newcastle after uh, on Sunday evening will be largely full of football fans. Uh, They've you know, they'll be very heavily booked for a, a week or two now. Uh, I do think it's a bit discriminatory, Jim. To be honest with you, uh, I mean just just the fact that it's happening on the East Coast Line but not the West Coast Line. <laughs> So Manchester United fans will be able to drown their sorrows on the way home, but we won't be allowed <laughs> to celebrate. I know that it does seem a little bit unfair to me. I'll declare a personal lack of interest. I'm not travelling back on Sunday. I'm staying down to carry, carry on with the celebrations in, in London. And personally, I would probably be asleep, but it would be celebratory mood, I think. Uh, I had to admit myself a, a wry smile when I read the LNER uh, press statement about that, where it said... The idea of this alcohol ban is to prevent unnecessary antisocial behaviour, which sort of implies that some antisocial behaviour is necessary and required, which didn't sound quite right to me. I mean, nobody wants to see antisocial behaviour, obviously, but they wouldn't do it to anybody else. Kevin, is, doing what?
3: Kevin Martin here. Is it, is it time? I've just come back from Germany. With your match day ticket, public transport's free in Germany to, to and through matches. Which is quite a fantastic system that they've got there, and of course they've got their fifty percent ownership, haven't they, with the fans? Um, wouldn't it be nice to see that arrive here in England? If what we free could, travel? Well, Will the travel was supplemented it? with the travel, and we actually so it's a nice day out. That'd be all right, Kevin, wouldn't it?
4: Well, I think there's a lot that we can learn from you know the, the match day experience, in particular, from German football. I mean, sadly, I think Martin, even in Germany that wouldn't cover me traveling the three hundred miles from Tyneside to London, but it does allow you free local transport and of course there are i mean at newcastle you can buy something called a magpie mover for 25 30 quid which guarantees you look free local travel with your season ticket um for uh, for home for all the home games but, I, yeah, I do think there's a lot of things that we can look at and say, well, what could it actually improve? There's sure, sure. very little cost, really, but smooth yeah. the way for, for fans to get the matches and enjoy it. And,
2: Kevin, um, enjoy, enjoy it on Sunday, my friend. Uh, I, I I do remember you and I spoke a while back and you reminded me you're a Newcastle fan. Enjoy it. And uh, I wish you well come Sunday. Thanks for your thoughts this morning, Kevin. Thanks, Al. Thanks, Kev.
0: Get your personalized plan today at noom.com. Real noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary.
1: Danger. Flammable exchanges ahead. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport.
2: I'm delighted to say, for the final hour today, we are joined by former Newcastle United, former Leeds United midfielder, former boss of Birmingham City of late, Lee Boyer is in the studio. Good afternoon to you, sir. How might you be? Yeah, good. Thanks, Jim. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Martin. You good? Lee, I'm very good. 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 Lee Boyer, do you remember Martin Keown? Martin Keown, do you remember Lee Boyer? Of course, they were part. He was well. He was an important player in an emerging Leeds
3: team. At uh well, ninety nine was it? 99?
5: 99. Yeah, ninety nine through to two, 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 three around that time. So yeah, good. It was good the time. rise and fall of Leeds United. It was, it was. We was um we was a young side and, and enthusiastic, I I'd put it like that, and uh competitive and and we went on some good runs. So um yeah, we challenged near the top on, on one or two occasions but just just fell away at the end.
2: Did you not halt Arsenal's title challenge, Leeds United, on a couple of occasions around that time?
5: Yeah, I mean, we we had some good results against Arsenal, um, but it's it's not a sprint, is it? It's a marathon, and and them boys always just kept marching on and 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 took titles, you know. Them and Man United, we just couldn't quite get there. We tried, and but we we just wasn't wasn't maybe mentally strong enough, and where it would have been new to us and, and not so new to them boys then. Uh, that they they went on to to win the title, so yeah. But it was good experience and great times, and look at it, look back on it now, and um, yeah, just just a trophy. That's one club that I look back at and think, how did we not win anything? Like we was a good side. We went toe to toe with any club. We weren't scared of anyone. But yeah, we, unfortunately, we we never won anything. Do you think it added? All respect for for David Leary, do you think it added an extra
3: ingredient with him, particularly when those head-to-heads, him being a former player at Arsenal? Alan Smith told me then in 1998, 1999, that he'd said to you as players, forget the last game of the season, you're all on holiday if you win this one tonight against Arsenal. Is there truth in that?
5: Yeah, he could well have said that, I can't remember that far back, Martin, but... What, what he I desperately not... didn't, he wanted to. Uh, I see him sitting uh, now, in the. Uh,
3: it's uh, ironic, he sits in the boardroom every week. And how quickly he was able to change camps and be so aggressive against his old cat It <laughs> <Yeah>. astonishes me.
5: <laughs> yeah, but but George Graham started it and he, obviously he came from Arsenal. He, he started the ball rolling. Um, David got a lot of the praise for it. And rightly so, because he, he carried it on. But, um, but George... Forget that, yeah. But George for his sure... yeah, discipline. Yeah, yeah. He, he Organisation d- was brilliant. When I first went to Leeds, we was an okay side, you know, like a mid-table-ish side. But before George left, we was in Europe and some of the well you would have worked under him and some of the training sessions were just crazy like man to man like that was it you're playing against him you win your individual battle it was so simple he just stripped everything back and and it improved and then a all. young manager took on give you a
3: bit more freedom yeah a bit more expression i mean the monies that were spent i mean peter risdale uh, i mean i think he it was excessive and it was out of control i know he gave you a dream yeah but in the, the club almost became bankrupt peter is won't enjoy me saying this but <laughs> i know he took you on a journey but yeah. i mean and of course as a as a manager would have just said okay can we afford this can we take this and some of the players i mean the rio Ferdinand going there wasn't in huge signings yeah. uh, it seemed that like hasselbank was another one who came in robbie fowler it was it was endless for another top player yeah and we're, we're obviously Arsenal pretty much the same team we lost to Nelk we lost to Overmars and we're seeing that. Were, were you looking at Leeds United with envy no because we thought we were better than them but we were thinking well where are they getting the money from to afford <laughs> to compete and buy these players <laughs> you yeah, weren't quite quite bothered that Lee, right
5: I, I think we was playing catch up though I think that the quality of player that you had in them times to the quality of player that we had we if you think most of our better players were our younger ones that came through the academy Jonathan Woodgates your you Harry Kewles, your Ian Hart's Alan Smith they all came through the academy so they didn't yeah. which were good but it took us time to catch up um, and then you had a few good senior ones Gary Kelly our, uh, Martin the, the goalkeeper so Harry yeah. Kuehl Harry Kiel, yeah. another one came through very very good yeah, Un- unplayable on his days so um, but we was catching up for sure
2: Lee I must be honest now and I'm going to say this so this morning, Mr. Keown comes in early as he always is early, so he can do his research with us. I said, You're going to enjoy it today. It's just me and you. Simon's in Spain, no problem. And we're going to be joined from 12 Honours by Lee Boyer. Lee's coming in. Sorry, say that again. <laughs> Lee Boyer's coming in. Now, of course, Martin is the consummate professional now. He's in the media. He will work alongside anyone. Yeah. And of course. Where are you going with this, Jim? give me time Uh, and of course Martin gets on with the job as you do you're quite unflinching Lee I know you well so let me take you back maybe Martin was asking me uh, did a double take for this reason tell me about this game Lee your version then Martin's 22 years ago 2001 Arsenal against Leeds United Uh, Ray Parler was talking to him about it this morning he came off the bench in this one Arsenal beat you 2-1 on the day tell me about this incident involving Mark Varduka, yourself, and Martin. It wasn't seen by the referee. Um, an alleged stamp by Mr. Keon on you.
5: Yeah, it did something along them lines. It was, and I'll tell you the, the end bit makes me laugh the most. That there was an altercation with with Martin and and, and another player. It might have been Vaduka. and then I was on the floor. It must have been a tackle or something. So I was on the floor, but then Martin's running back to get into into position and then he just tried on me and so then I'm laying there and I stand up and I shout at him and then he blames me he's like you need help you something's wrong with you and I'm thinking oh Don you're the person that's just tried on me he tried to spin the whole thing around and then blame me because he tried on me so yeah yeah, crazy times but it was so competitive them days Martin wasn't it like you couldn't get away yeah. with them types of things nowadays but you want to win we want to win you know that's, that's the way it was and, and you were completely blameless completely not, not many times Jim I can say I was <laughs> blameless but, but on that occasion 100% I was on the floor And, and the game and,
3: was massively
5: significant yeah. and I
3: think um, did you the, elbow
2: the, Mark Raduka
5: no not at all <laughs> and
3: one thing he did do though he definitely punched me or he and, punched and, 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 you? Yeah, oh, right. did, Yeah, but that was—you see—the thing was, it was getting so bad. In the end, the FA decided to draw a line under it and yeah. said, well, you know, we we can't take it any further." But you know, the, the, well, can we say the really? FA hearing before that? I was fined ten thousand pounds, so it was kind of—and David Dean came back and said, "Martin, we're just going to have to—we're going to let this one go because both both clubs are guilty." So that what they're going to do is draw a line under it. I said, "Oh, that's great," because someone's just throwing a punch. And Rear Ferdinand was saying, "Why'd you go down for At the next England get together, he said,
2: oh, I, "I saw it. Yeah, he definitely hit you." Mm. So he got away with one. So you elbowed him in the, in the face No, I didn't help him. Didn't well, you didn't? Him. No. But you get charged retrospectively by the FA two counts of violent conduct.
3: Well, this is when Peter Risdale then used his influence within the FA and wouldn't let the, it go. And I have it on good authority. That's the only reason it came back to the table, Jim.
2: Oh, wow. Oh, I was okay. allowed to play
3: for England that summer, very conveniently, because it was important in qualification games. And mm. then suddenly it came out from nowhere. Do you remember? What's your version of events of stamping and Lee? No, I, don't, I was trying to get back into position and he was in, he was in the way. So where was I to put my feet? <laughs> you were in the way. You were lying there, If I the line, yeah. <laughs> could have
2: avoided him, no, I would have done yeah, yeah. And you have no recollection of uh, Vaduka's face meeting the point of your elbow. No, it didn't quite happen that way. No, he was very, you, I tell you what, what a good player, by the way. Let's talk about how good a player, how important he was. And Let's very quickly physical, do but that. Physical, but you, you do remember getting done for both of these. The stamp on Lee and the elbow in the face. by Not the stamp. You've got, got a way way with to that. say
3: that the referee, the match day referee, didn't get a, a yellow card for either incident. Yeah. And it was something, again, that Peter Risdale. Now, you have to remember how committed he was to their cause. How, how much money he committed. And the club were gambling on uh, monies that were going to come from the Champions League qualification. We denied Leeds that on that very occasion. They might have stopped us winning Premier Leagues, but that was huge for them, not being in the Champions League. Yeah. And um, they set their stall out for it. And, and in the end, I think David Leary, you could say unfairly so, lost his job because of the Rysdale, the pressure Risdale had put on with the, the spending without control. Him. I
2: mean, I'm kind of tongue-in-cheek with both of you. let the get th- the, thing, on, the, thing, the thing is about both of you is that, Lee, you could play, boy. You could play, but you also were there if, if it got feisty, as was the man Keon. And this man could play as well. I don't mm. think Martin's given enough credit for the f- the fact he was a darn good footballer, albeit he could dish it out when he had to. Yeah. But you both had great ability; otherwise, you wouldn't have been in such great sides.
5: No, no, and, and Martin played for England on a number of occasions. You don't do that unless you're a good player, especially with the the amount of talent in in them in their centre half position in them days. So, yeah, he was. It's interesting. That's what how... you want, though, Martin, isn't it? It's like for me now, going into the coaching side, managing side, you you want a, a like a man that's going to defend with their life and put their body on the line and that's so important and and Martin brought that. but in your abundance. team
3: though you know you look
5: back at the Leeds years and you
3: look back if you look at if anyone's able old enough to look at the Giles and Bremners and and how they were tough men were not they yeah, yeah they wanted to, and leads them um, I don't know whether it's, it's synonymous with the fans because you know that when they're in tandem with the fans a team that can do that and but but also actually control the noise because at the moment the team can't seem to actually be composed enough to put the ball in the back of the net but no. you guys
5: certainly had a really good balance yeah. and people endless list of top strikers yeah, yeah. Well, you name some of them. We had Robbie Fowler. At times, couldn't even couldn't even start. We had Verduca, Jimmy Floyd. I think Jimmy Floyd cost about two million, three million, you know. George <laughs> oh, he was magnificent, wasn't unbelievable. He went striker. to Atletico Madrid two, after that. Very two player, powerful man. feet. He played with Chelsea in the end as well. Like we had some Robbie Keane was another striker like that came and and just sat on 12 the bench. Million. I really, think it was. yeah. No, no wonder they, they were the good,
2: line. Martin. When you hear these names, well, that's yeah. the thing.
3: And then, and obviously, Peter Roosdale was giving them that chance, a, a chance to dare to dream. And maybe people will take that uh, as long as they're back now. And it's imperative that they stay then, Jim, now in in the Premier League. They can't drop out again.
1: Your 100% essential download. Outspoken with White and Jordan.
5: The Carabao Cup final will be Manchester
1: United against Newcastle United. And it will be live on TalkSport.
5: It will give everything to perform as good as possible and to to bring them, hopefully,
4: across limits. Brilliant finish from Marcus Rashford, he's come to the party. Manchester United have turned up the music. Oh, what a goal! 2-0, staff, you go to Wembley, Newcastle United.
3: We know, 90 minutes ahead, anything can happen in football. We know how difficult the game's going to be.
4: But the goalkeeper, Nick Pope, sent off. And of
1: course, next weekend, it is the League Cup final. You cannot take your eyes off this. For one moment, live on Talk Sport, your home of live football.
2: Yep, you cannot wait for this, can you? The Carabao Cup final, it's Manchester United against Newcastle United. For that, two old foes reunited here in the Talk Sport studio this lunchtime. Arsenal Invincible Martin Keehan is alongside Lee Boyer, once of uh, Leeds United, and of course, significantly in this instance very much formerly of newcastle united lee just before we got underway when i mentioned you were coming in a whole bunch of newcastle fans got on the the old message boards there telling us lee boy lee boy you on when's he on? you they have a great affinity with you but you have with the football club don't you
5: yeah because at the time i was there it, it was it's a passionate club and i'm a passionate person so it was a good fit um I know the type of players they want to play for their club, you give them 100%, win, lose or draw, that's all they ask for. Um, they just want you to work hard for their shirt and uh, and they're unbelievable. On their day, the, the, the place can be bouncing, you know. Um, very passionate fans and, and very, very good fans.
2: Newcastle's first cup final in 24 years, can you believe that for a club of that size?
5: No, and in the time I was there, I think we just fell sh- short on a couple of occasions. In Europe, we got to the semi, and in the FA Cup, we got to the semi. I think Man U, when Rooney scored that, that unbelievable strike from about 30 yards out, dipping volley. So, yeah, came close a couple of times, but, um, yeah, it's amazing that it's taken this long.
2: I mean, Newcastle fans will come down here with such expectation, Martin. The story there, if Newcastle can find a way of doing it, the is huge isn't it in terms of its significance new owners momentum transformational isn't it when you look at the last
3: 12 months and what they've done and what they've achieved we were sitting here saying right just after the window they've bought all those players surely they're going to turn it round, and they went on this incredible run but where they right are right now no one would have ever believed it they're taking a bit of a hit recently jim drawing too many games you could say now if they're really running after the big boys Losing against Liverpool in the way they did, but I think there was a lot to, of credit to come out of the performance last week. So Eddie Howe's doing a tremendous job there, and they're putting together their their game management is absolutely different class. Yeah, you know, we talk about I was doing a lot about time spent, ball in play. They're very clever, and Eddie's he's gone away. He's looked at every. I think he went to Atletico Madrid. No surprise there. He picked up a few things. You know, look at the dark arts of the game, that time wasting, whatever. It's all part of the game, by the way, Jim. Um, and I think they'd be well prepared. It's a real shame the goalkeeper Pope's not available. Well, we'll I, get to that I, in I a second. I kind of feel that if you're suspended, you should be suspended in that competition only. Yeah. Well, that's shouldn't right. shouldn't travel over. Into well, the I tell you what, let's talk it about it now. used to be like you.
5: that, didn't it? I thought it, used, it used to be. The, the FA Cup was part of the league. Yeah. But I thought the, the other cup wasn't. So. No, so now,
2: Pope gets sent off last weekend. He misses it. Now, whether that's right or wrong, he misses the final. And, of course, we know Dubravka is cup-tied because he played for Manchester United earlier. So he's gone. So in comes Loris Karius, we think, for Sunday. But you don't attach much
5: significance to that, lead. Tell me what you are saying to me earlier on. No, The, the way I look at it is, is if the, the 10 players in front of him do their jobs properly, then they limit chances. And if they can do that, then it doesn't really matter who's in goal, you know. And, and I played in a game, I was saying, sure, fair... Um, against Barcelona years ago and Paul Robinson, it was his debut and um, what a game to come into but on that night everything that they hit just seemed to hit him and that can happen for goalkeepers, they they just come out the blue and, and they make save after save and whether it was Pope or anybody else they're going to have to make saves but you're not saying like the goalkeeper whoever he comes in is a good goalkeeper. It, it
3: would be fairytale though wouldn't it if- Karius came in and I mean we all have a a vision of him in our minds at Liverpool when whether it was a bang on the head but he he had a disappointing night Champions League uh, and that still sits in my mind I don't think he's played Jim has he since 2020 no No, the
2: key question is does it still sit in his mind
3: yeah but it could be a fairy tale for him so Eddie Howe's gonna it's a massive
5: well has he got any really any other alternatives no I mean so he's gonna have to just go for it yeah, and, and and he would have been working for since that mistake that you're you're talking about the mistakes that he made. That, that was a long, long time ago. Like that, he would have made mistakes uh, from then till now uh, along the line. But for me, I, I think yeah, but just then build the, him up in that Champions League game,
3: it did seem that the you know the the hand of pressure sort of reached out and grabbed him round the throat on the night, but, and he wasn't. And if that happens again, they're in trouble. But I mean, as a player, be thinking, okay, we can't allow the ball. You can't have that feeling that, uh, but you will try that much harder for, of course. But yeah, I mean, if you're Newcastle, say, go out on rebuild Sunday. the psychology
2: after that. Yeah. yeah. What would you say to Carey Lee before you go out?
5: Go and enjoy it. Go and enjoy it and do what you can do because he's been at Liverpool and he's been at other clubs and he's a good goalkeeper. If he wasn't a good goalkeeper, he wouldn't be where he is now. So yes, he made a mistake years ago. He's a lot older, a lot wiser mentally stronger from that so for me I, I like to think that who if he gets the opportunity he'll grab it and, and he will make such when you go into those games you've got to love it you know if you if fear comes
3: into your body you tremble you've got to love it enjoy it embrace it uh, and see it as an
2: adventure
5: you're in the but, wrong game you're but that the wrong Newcastle
2: game. back lot are used to Pope they're used to Nick Pope and they have been and so all of a sudden Vic. and if it wasn't going to be Pope it was going to be Dubravka and it's not him so they've got to they've got to rechannel the thoughts about the boy behind them. But as Lee says, as long as the ten in front do their job, Carrius might not be busy.
3: No, but there will but be this moments. Is Manchester There United. will be moments when he's tested. Yeah. And there's moments, in it, and it's about trust, isn't it? It's about trust and respect for the player. And one hopes he's now in the right place to go and do
2: it. Eddie, only Eddie Howe knows that. Who's who's it more significant for victory on Sunday, Lee Ten Hag or Howe?
5: Well, I hope that, that Eddie wins and, and for the Newcastle fans because it's been a long time. But Ten Hag, I think they've both done exceptionally well. In a short space of time, they're both turning their clubs around because Man United wasn't the Man United we used to play against for a long time um, since Sir Alex left. And now Eddie Howe has got this club and is moving them in the right direction. Two good managers, two good clubs with a hunger to win there. So I think it's going to be a great game, a close game, and I hope that Newcastle win because, um, obviously, my, my relationship with them. Your 100% essential down, Outspoken, with White and Jordan.
2: Thanks for listening to Outspoken. Don't forget to leave a five-star review and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We're back on Monday.
0: Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue.